Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me at the back? Good. Can you hear me at home? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the wonderful counsellor. Lord, we thank you that you are the mighty God. Lord, we thank you that you are the everlasting Father. Lord, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Please open our hearts and our minds to hear your wonderful word this morning. Amen. Thank you, Anna, for reading. Well, um, I've been given this interesting title. I don't know if you've uh, seen it, but um, it's Isaiah 61, 2020, the year of the Lord's favour. Um, it seems a bit ironic, the title. Um, but um, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll look into perhaps what that means as we go through. This chapter begins with the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And um, who's it talking about? Well, in uh, chapters 42 and chapter 11 of Isaiah, we understand that the spirit of the Lord is put on him. And the him is... Uh, a prophecy about Jesus. And in fact, throughout Isaiah, we get all sorts of prophecies about Jesus. So I think it's probably talking about Jesus. Jesus, in his life, chose to suffer. Through his baptism, his temptation through that early bit of his ministry and then right through to when he is crucified. There were really tough things to go through. At Jesus' baptism, he's assured of the Father's love for him. But he identifies with us in going into those waters of baptism identifies with us in being tempted in all sorts of ways and uh, particularly those three that we have uh, illustrated for us in uh, the scriptures. But going through that was to usher in the year of the Lord's favour. Now um, when we read something that says the year of it's, it's our sort of, um, our logical brain kicks in. Oh, well, what year, what year is that? What year does it refer to? Uh, if you read in the book of uh, Daniel, he talks about uh, time, times, and half a time. And um, there have been all sorts of theological discussions about what exactly that might mean, uh, certain periods of time. 
But actually, I can tell you that the year of the Lord's favour was 2,020 years ago. And actually, every year since then, until Jesus returns. He, in his death and resurrection, has torn down that barrier that separates us from God. We might have been in isolation during this time. Might have been a lonely time for us. But we're no longer in isolation in any sense because of what Jesus has done. We've got that relationship with God as well as with one another, with the great cloud of witnesses We're part of the worldwide church. Well, what does Jesus come to do? What is the year of the Lord's favour? What's the spirit of the Lord on him, equipped him for? To bring good news to the poor. Those who are poor in wealth. Those who really need good news also those who are poor in spirit. Essentially all people at different times. Jesus has come to bring freedom for the captives. We think of those migrating from war-torn countries, those who have been captive in their own homes and have managed to flee. He's come to bring release from darkness for prisoners. Now, um, over the years, I've uh, been in a number of prisons. Um, Not uh, not because I've been convicted of anything, but um, I've been in uh, five different prisons, I think. Anyway, uh, when I was curate down in Devon, I used to go into Dartmoor Prison regularly, and if ever you've Uh, driven along the road through the middle of Dartmoor. You can see the prison uh, on the hill there. It's a really foreboding Victorian structure. And, um, I mean, it must have been horrible years ago. It's not too nice now. Um, But I went in and um, we did Alpha in there. So I was uh, doing a bit of the Alpha course with them. And we began to do a project called Inner Change, which was um, a Christian-based project and the idea was um, to get prisoners towards rehabilitation. So it was really looking at um, sort of life outside of prison and what that might be like and connecting prisoners with churches. But it was reviewed um, by, by our government principally and uh, at the time and they decided that the project was too Christian, which um, actually broke our hearts because we could already see some of the change in some of those prisoners. Anyway, Jesus has come to bring release from darkness for prisoners, and I hope that um, in spite of that little project being stopped, Um, that 
was going to be rolled out throughout the prison service. Uh, I hope that Jesus is still going to release those who are actually in a prison. I mean released inside. That they're not locked in their former way of life. Because the main thing they needed was for their eyes to be opened, for God to shed his light on every area of their lives. They didn't know where to turn, a lot of them. But as with all of us, God calls us to repentance and to turn to him, to enjoy the banquet that the prodigal son enjoys. If you remember that story in Luke chapter 15 that Jesus tells, the son who had gone astray actually comes back and has perfect, or 2020 vision, of what the Father's love for him is like. So 2020, the year of the Lord's favor, it doesn't feel like it's been a perfect year, but there's something about that 2020 vision. Also, 2020 is a, a cricket competition, I think. But, um, It would be silly mid-sermon to uh, slip into uh, cricket analogies. Um, Anyway, I won't be caught out doing that this sermon. Um, All right, somebody bail me out. It's okay. Um, Anyway. All right, I'll stop there. Um, The prophets may seem a bit batty, in what they said. No, I really will stop. Um, actually, a lot of the words that we read in the prophets do seem um, quite bizarre, and they don't sort of connect. When we read Isaiah 61, I think it really speaks into our own time. The prophets, it seems, like Isaiah and the other prophets, They seem to have 20-20 vision of God and of Jesus. Perfection coming into what has become an imperfect world through our sinfulness and disobedience. You may notice that when Jesus uh, picks up this theme from Isaiah 61, when he uh, picks up the scripture, the scroll, Uh, He reads from Luke chapter 4, and he quotes this passage from Isaiah. And you'll notice that he stops mid-sentence when he talks of the year of the Lord's favour. So he he reads the whole of verse 1 and the beginning of verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord's on me has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, uh, recovery of sight, for the blind includes as well. And then to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he doesn't go on to the next bit which says, and the day of vengeance of our God. And that's because that day of vengeance waits for Jesus' second coming. So we think about that a little bit in Advent, his coming at Christmas, but also his second coming. And we know that that day of vengeance comes at a later stage. We don't know exactly when. 
Well, I pray that God helps you to see through the difficulties of 2020 with perfect vision. That perfect vision is outlined in verse 3. He wants to change our lives from ashes to a crown of beauty. We think of Jesus on the cross. It's absolutely hideous, that crown of thorns that is placed on him. The blood weeping from his head. But we can also think of the resurrected Jesus wearing a kingly crown. And in fact, both of those are beautiful because they both fulfill wonderful things for us. Verse three also talks of moving from mourning to gladness, from despair to praise. And then there's this lovely verse. You will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Through your trials, you will rebuild. You will receive a bounty. You'll bring justice on this earth. Jesus is commissioned to do those things, but he commissions us as his hands and feet to do the same. As with Jesus, God has clothed you with garments of salvation, a robe of righteousness, so that righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Wouldn't that be good to see the whole world in praise of God? So 2020, the year of the Lord's favour, a year like no other this year. And yet, a year like every other. The Lord brings good news to us to share with others. That has been going on for years. He's not limited by coronavirus, or by government restrictions, or even by our own willfulness. But his desire for us is that we should not give in to temptation and that we should be made clean as Jesus was in his temptation and his baptism, assured of God's love for us, his favor upon us. Well, favor's an interesting word. Uh, when I think of the word favor, I think of party favors, uh, usually a little gift you give to someone, say thank you for coming to my party or wedding favours, traditionally sugared almonds. Uh, I don't really like them, but um, they're all right. Um, but uh, anyway, people give all sorts of things these days. Anyway, it's a token of gratitude. But God's favour to us is more than a token. It's actually him giving of his whole self to us. 
that we might do the same for him. And uh, when you think of the word favour, you might think of the word favourite as well. Now, I don't know if you remember um, Bruce Forsyth when he was uh, presenting Strictly Come Dancing. As a, a couple would come off the dance floor, he would say, uh, you're my favourite. And, um, and then he'd say it to the next couple, you're my favourite. And in fact, to every couple. And um, in a way, that's what God says to us. To every one of us. You're my favourite. Because his favour rests on all people. We just need to be open to receive it. To open our whole lives to him. Well, I'm going to wrap up there. Um, Whatever's going on in our world, may the Lord's favour be upon you this year and forevermore. Amen. Amen.